Welcome to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast, where we dive into your inner world to explore all of the psychological, emotional, energetic, and spiritual components that may be influencing your struggle with food and eating. I'm your host, Sarah Emily Spears, a trained psychotherapist and energy worker who recovered from my own eating disorder. And now I help women just like you do the inner work to address the real issues keeping you stuck in your problematic eating patterns. Because I assure you, your problem with food is about way more than food. So join me and guest experts as we discuss the psychology of eating and healing and empower you with tangible steps you can take today to begin to improve your relationship with food and yourself from a place of true nourishment and care. Hey, hey, welcome back. Today I'm talking about a really important topic because I've had a lot of women recently come into my world and tell me that they were doing a clean diet or a clean eating plan or they're about to or they were doing a cleanse that their doctor put them on for their health and a few months later they are now struggling again with their mindset around food and eating and with their behaviors. They're experiencing more cravings, they're experiencing more emotional eating and binge eating, and they're really frustrated. So this is why this is so important because a lot of us fall into this trap, myself included. When I first went on my a diet, the very first diet that I did in my early 20s, my intention was to be the healthiest version of myself that I could be. And you may be experiencing a similar thought process. You want to improve your health. You want to take care of yourself. And so what we do when we're trying to be as healthy as possible is we naturally think about how can I improve my nutrition? How can I improve how I'm nourishing myself to improve the health of my physical body? That's a great question to wonder. The problem is that oftentimes that question in our seeking to find a solution or a way to nourish our bodies that's going to improve our health we end up landing on diets or very restrictive clean eating programs. If you hear the word clean eating, I'm going to recommend that that is a flag for you, that this may not necessarily be aligned with quote unquote healthy eating. Clean eating does not equal healthier. And my experience was that as I began to do the diet plans that I thought were supposed to be clean and had no toxins in it and all the junk food was out of it and I was going to become the healthiest version of myself, in that process, I became the most sick and unhealthy version of myself that I had ever been. Up until I started to do clean eating, I didn't have any problems with food. I didn't have food cravings. I didn't binge. I definitely didn't purge. It didn't consume my mind at all. I ate when I was hungry. I snacked when I felt like snacking. I ate whatever I wanted. I stopped when I was satisfied. No problems. The moment I started to diet in the name of health, that's when everything started to become a problem because suddenly I was having food cravings and then I was starting to binge on the foods that I told myself I couldn't have. And then I was binging so much that I started to throw up to undo all of the quote unquote damage that I had done with what I was eating. And so you can see how... (laughs) Ooh, sometimes we think we have the right intention and you may have the right intention. You're like, Sarah, yes, my intention is to be healthy and I don't know how to feed myself anymore to experience that. And I fully empathize with the challenge that you're facing and trying to understand how to really take care of yourself. I know that that desire comes from a place of self-love, that it comes from a place of wanting to feel good in your body. It comes from a place of wanting to live a long and healthy life. And so these intentions are 
incredible intentions to have. But again, where that leads us, what we conclude then the solution is, is the tricky part. Because if the solution is clean eating, you may unintentionally be setting yourself up to actually develop disordered eating tendencies, which I know is not what you're intending. And you may hear me saying this and not actually fully comprehend or believe what I'm saying, but then I have women coming back to me time and time again, telling me the same thing. I thought, you know, my doctor said I had to um, do this candida cleanse or, you know, I, I cut out these foods because of gluten intolerances or, you know, I read about people's benefit on the keto diet and or my husband, you know, he just started this eating plan and he lost all this weight and he looks great and he feels good. And so we get, you know, pulled into these ways of thinking that there are, you know, good and bad foods and foods that are healthy and foods that are unhealthy and ways that we should eat that are aligned with health and other ways of eating that are unhealthy. So right off the bat, I want to emphasize, asterisk, star, that all foods, absolutely every single type of food and food-like product can be included in a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle. It's really about inclusion and quantity. Inclusion meaning how many varieties of foods are you including in your diet? If your diet consists only of processed and packaged foods, only of carbs and sugar, only of fast food, then you're not including enough fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans and healthy fats, right? Your body needs a variety of foods and macro and micronutrients. So you want to be focusing on instead of what do I need to take out of my diet? What do I need to abstain from eating? Ask yourself, what foods could I start to include and add more of into my diet in order to support myself in feeling like I'm really taking care of my physical health through nutrition? The second part is the quantity, right? How much of these foods are you consuming? If your diet was comprised just of quinoa and kale, that's all you ate, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you probably wouldn't be very healthy because you're missing a variety of nutrients that your body needs. Likewise, if you're just eating cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yep, you're also probably not going to be too healthy or feel too good because you're lacking the variety of nutrients that you need. But does that mean that you have to cut out cereal completely from your diet in order to be healthy? No, you can enjoy a bowl of cereal for breakfast every now and then. You can enjoy a bowl of cereal for dessert every now and then. And that can still be a part of your diet. That can still be a part of your healthy eating and healthy lifestyle, right? When you really pay attention to when I eat this food, how do I feel? Your body is going to be the best indication as to what foods are right and best for your body. The experts and authority out there who are telling you the plans and the things that you need to eat in order to improve your health may have some validity, but they don't live in your body, right? And so ultimately you have to default to your own body, your own physicality, how you feel when you eat something as your indicator as to whether or not that food itself is a food that supports your body and feeling its best, right? For example, peanuts. Some people can eat peanuts and they feel great. Other people eat peanuts and they have an insane allergic reaction. Like for some bodies, peanuts are not part of a healthy diet and can be actually quite harmful to somebody's health, which is why you want to become a very intentional consumer of information. Where are you getting your information from telling you 
how you should be eating, telling you that you should be following a specific eating plan. Now, maybe it's coming from your doctor and you really trust your doctor and respect their knowledge and expertise, and you feel like they're really supporting you in improving your health and nutrition in a way that isn't too restrictive or severe. But maybe you are getting your inspiration from the world of social media and all of the health coaches who are out there. And let me tell you, a lot of people who are giving health advice are actually not healthy human beings. A lot of people in the fitness and nutrition industry who are giving advice about what to eat, how to feed yourself, how to lose weight, struggle with disordered eating. I know because I have talked to so many people in the industry who have confessed about their own struggle with food and eating. I myself was a personal trainer who was giving people nutrition advice and was struggling with binging and purging. So just because somebody appears healthy on the outside does not mean that they are healthy on the inside in terms of their mental health, nor that they're healthy behind closed doors when they're alone. In fact, some of the people who seem like the perfect example of health, who just seem to always eat perfectly according to diet culture, according to the beliefs around what clean eating looks like, oftentimes they struggle with a form of an eating disorder called orthorexia. Maybe you're familiar with orthorexia, but it's the obsession with healthy eating. It is the obsession with eating perfectly to the point that it causes someone to have extreme mental sort of um, mental obsessions, mental compulsions, and it creates a lot of anxiety. So here's how that can kind of look because I, I struggled with that a little bit before I started to binge and purge. I had created a list of foods that I told myself were good, healthy foods that I could eat. And then I had a list of foods that I called bad and said I couldn't eat. And I had very specific rules around those foods. So for example, if nuts were on my food list as foods that I could have, the rule was the nuts had to be raw and they had to have been soaked and sprouted in order for them to be healthy for me to consume right? If I was going to eat meat, well, the meat had to be sourced from a farm that was local and organic without hormones, pasture raised, right? There were all of these rules around every single food item on my list around how that food had to be prepared in order for it to be considered healthy for me to eat. And do you know what would happen when I would walk into a supermarket with this list of foods and rules is I would freeze and panic and I would spend hours reading every single nutrition label and ruling out every single food because none of the foods actually met the criteria that I had established or I wouldn't know for sure. I wouldn't know for sure what was in the quinoa salad. Like maybe they put an oil in it and if it's not, you know, cold pressed olive oil that's in a green bottle, then ooh, then that's not healthy for me, so I I better not eat that either. And I would leave the supermarket with bananas. Like that would be the only thing that I felt met my criteria of healthy foods according to these ridiculous rules that I had created. So you could imagine if I then was telling people health advice according to what I believed was healthy and you went out and tried to do the exact same thing, how crazy making that would be. It's absolutely crazy making, which is why this starts to tax your mental well-being because your mind, the amount of thought energy that you put towards Thinking about food and eating goes up exponentially. 
So until you start to do a clean eating plan, you know, you may think about food from time to time. Maybe you already naturally think about it a lot. But I often see that once we start to follow strict plans with all those rules that I was describing, you are spending even more time thinking about food. It adds a level of anxiety and panic around food shopping and food preparation. It makes it really hard to go out to eat at a restaurant because you don't know how foods are being prepared or what you're eating. And so people can experience a ton of anxiety and fear around food that starts to develop when we start to tell ourselves that we have to eat clean and follow these perfect food rules. It is no fun, which is why then the side effect of that over time For example, when I started out with orthorexia, because my rules were so strict and I wasn't nourishing my body with nearly enough foods that I needed, then my brain and body turned on this survival response and started to give me cues and signals to eat more because I wasn't eating enough. And then that would result in a binge episode, right? Then I was starting to have food cravings and fantasizing about specific foods because my intention had been perfect clean eating. So we're throwing out the rule book around perfect eating and clean eating and healthy eating and finding a way back towards moderation, back towards a space that isn't black or white, but a space where all foods can be included in a healthy lifestyle because they can and returning to inclusion and quantity, looking at how much the foods you're consuming. If I eat a handful of chocolate-covered almonds, like that's great, I feel good. If I were to eat an entire tub of chocolate-covered almonds every single day, I may not feel that great. Like I might feel sick to my stomach. Who knows? Maybe for you, you fine. You eat a tub of chocolate-covered almonds and you actually feel great. I don't actually know what works for you, but you get to start to discover So I want to encourage you to use the guidelines, the programs that you find or that you're tempted to follow as that guidelines, guidelines of what I'm working towards, including in my own diet, but not strict criteria that you have to follow perfectly. The other thing that I want you to keep in mind, because I know we can often get into comparison. So, you know, you see people, your friend is following a plan and she's lost weight or your partner is on a plan and he lost weight. And so you see people around you or in social media who are following certain plans and it's working for them. And so then you're thinking, I have to do this too. But what you forget is that your body is different from their body, your body's history, your body's genetics, the, um, family history, right? For your body is different than their body. If you're a woman, your body's hormones is very different from a man's hormones. So comparing the eating plan that works for your husband is not a great way to go because his body works differently than yours. And what works for him is not necessarily going to work for you. And a lot of the studies on nutrition and diets have been conducted by white men on white men's bodies. Things like intermittent fasting. A lot of the research on intermittent fasting has been done on men who have very different hormones, right? So those approaches may not be right and best for your body. And this is why it can be so frustrating because we're like, just tell me, this is what I wanted. I was like, just, can someone just tell me what I should eat to be healthy? Cause that's all I want is to just take care of myself. But I was looking outside of myself for the answers. I had given my power away to external authority and had no longer trusted my own body and my own inner authority to know what my body actually needs. Your body knows your body comes into this world 
knowing how to feed and nourish itself. It's just that we turn off our intuition. We turn off listening to the internal cues, our hunger cues, our cravings. And because we're disconnected from our body, it's really confusing to know what your body actually needs. And that's why we look outside of ourselves. And it's okay to look outside of ourselves for a little bit of guidance, but that guidance is to redirect you back into yourself and your own intuition and your own inner authority. Because ultimately, you're never going to arrive at that healthy place you're desiring if you keep trying to do what you see other people doing or what other people to tell you to do without taking into account how you feel, okay? So keep in mind, what works for other people may not work for you. Your body's unique and different. You could literally eat exactly what they eat, the exact same amount, the exact same foods, and your body would potentially respond differently, Okay. Same thing is true for exercise plans. Everybody's body is different. So you're on a path to discovering for yourself what healthy looks like and feels like for you. And this includes physical health and mental health. Oftentimes what people tell me is that, you know, Sarah, I started this clean eating plan and I lost five pounds or 10 pounds, but that wasn't worth the struggle that I'm now finding myself in because I'm binging every day and I can't control myself around food. And now all I think about is food. And I wish I could go back in time and tell myself not to start this plan and to find another way to nourish myself. That's what I wished when I realized that my own attempt to be healthy and going on a diet and the strict rules I created actually set me up to be the most sick and unhealthy I had ever been physically and mentally. Physically, my body was deteriorating, falling apart, and mentally, I was depressed. I was suicidal at one point. I was anxious. I was unhappy. I lost pleasure for life. I had low, low self-esteem, very high self-hatred, and I didn't realize that I actually harmed myself through trying to be healthy, and it wasn't my fault because I was doing what everyone else around me was doing, what I thought I was supposed to do, right? But like that diet that I followed led to five years of a struggle with an eating disorder. Wow. That was not worth it. Right. And so women tell me, you know, I would keep the five or 10 pounds if it meant that I would have my peace of mind, that I wouldn't have to struggle with this anymore. And I want to save you from the struggle. Like, I really hope that you're hearing me when I offer the warning that clean eating does not equal healthy eating and that following strict diet plans is not necessarily the solution that you're seeking. And if anything, it can contribute to the problem or create more problems for yourself. So if you're currently on a clean eating plan or a certain eating regimen, and you're wondering, you're, you know, I've now planted the seed and you're starting to worry, oh, what if I'm setting myself up to slide into an eating disorder? Because I know that's not what your intention is. I know your intention is to be healthy. I know your intention is to feel good and better and confident. What I want to encourage you to do is just pay attention to how you feel. Okay? The answers are within always. You can use whatever plan you're on as the guidelines. But the moment that you notice, it feels hard to follow and sustain. It feels like it takes every ounce of willpower and all you're doing is thinking about food and all you're doing is obsessing about the next meal and you're having an increase in food cravings and you find that when you eat something that wasn't on the plan, you can't stop eating it. These are all going to be flags Ooh, that maybe my plan that I'm following actually is backfiring and not supporting me in creating a healthy mind and a healthy body. 
That will be your flag and indication to press on the brakes and hit pause on the plan and reevaluate what about it is working for you and what about it isn't working for you. If it's a struggle to stick to the plan, uh, you probably need to add in and include more foods in quantities that feel right and good for your body. And you get to play and experiment with that. It really requires that you bring a level of mindfulness to your eating choices, right? To mealtime so that you can really tune into your body and notice what's arising for you. Notice the thoughts, notice the emotions, notice the hunger cues, and really pay attention to levels of satisfaction. And what goes hand in hand with this is being aware of the non-physical reasons why you might be you know, having cravings to eat as well. So this is one of the reasons why for women, especially women who have a history of emotional eating or a history of disordered eating. This is one reason why continuing to turn to clean eating plans as your solution to try and become healthier often backfires is that you have a lot of underlying root issues, emotional issues, unprocessed emotional wounds or eating programming from childhood, right? That are informing your brain's desire to turn to food to self-soothe. And so it can be really challenging for you to stick to a plan that you're trying to follow if your brain is constantly craving foods anytime that you experience stress or overwhelm or anxiety or anger or sadness. And so if you're somebody who's stuck in an emotional eating cycle or you have unprocessed emotional wounds from the past and your brain is, we could say, addicted or attached to certain comfort foods as your source of love and safety and relief and pleasure, right, then no amount of willpower is going to support you in successfully sticking to the food changes that you want to make until you also address the emotional and psychological factors that are at play. So this isn't just about willpower. And maybe your intention is, you know, Sarah, I know, I know, we'll go back to the peanut example. (laughs) I know peanuts (laughs) are not a healthy food for my body because I have a peanut allergy, but I just crave them because I can't have them, right? Then we're going to want to have to work on addressing what's going on with your inner rebel because sometimes we have an inner child that hates being told she can't have something. Even though you know your adult self knows it's in her best interest, this inner child part doesn't care. She rebels against the rules that are in her best interest because she wants what she wants and she doesn't like being told no. That's why I do a lot of inner child healing work and a lot of um, reparenting work with people because we have these very complex internal parts in our psyche and in our subconscious mind that can override logic and override what's in our best interest. And until we bring those those parts and pieces into our conscious awareness, we're powerless to actually do anything to change what's motivating and driving our eating behaviors, even when you actually do desire to make specific changes for yourself. I'll give a recent example um, of a client that I was working with because she was wanting to include more foods in her diet, right? I talked about inclusion and the quantity of foods and she had a food fear. There was a block, a subconscious block Anytime she would go to try new foods, she just got so paralyzed with fear that she would, wouldn't be able to do it and she'd go and eat you know, the foods that she was comfortable eating. And we started to do some of the inner work processes and what we uncovered was that as a child, she had an experience of choking on a food that she was trying for the first time and it was so scary for her as a little child that she, to this day as an adult, still experiences fear around the idea of trying something new because it was associated with this choking experience, which was very scary. 
So we process that memory so that in the present moment, the idea of including foods felt exciting, felt like something that she wanted to do. It didn't elicit fear in her system anymore from the unprocessed fear from this experience in childhood. Likewise, with um, the quantity of food, and this is back to sort of the emotional cravings, But if you're like, I just want to eat a handful of chocolate covered nuts, but then I end up eating the entire box every single time and you have a quantity issue, you can't stop when you're satisfied. That's an indication that you're not eating for physical hunger. You're eating for emotional hunger. We know we're eating for emotional hunger because your stomach is like a bottomless pit. You just want to fill of the feeling. It's not about eating to not feel hungry anymore. It's about eating to try and feel an emotional hit, if you will, right? To feel comfort or to avoid feeling something unpleasant. And when that's happening, that means there's an opportunity to either one, break your emotional attachment to those foods because your brain anticipates that that food is going to make you feel good. And two, process the inner emotions that don't feel good that are causing your brain to signal for you to eat those foods in order to feel better. And this is why I love to do the inner work because there are so many complexities. Your inner world, it's fascinating what you discover when you start to look at what may be motivating and driving your eating behaviors. But you have to do that work in order to be successful oftentimes and following any form of a plan that's in place. If you struggle historically with eating issues, I'm telling you, you can try and you can try and you can try the next plan and the next plan and the next plan. But if you've been looping on a diet, restrict, binge, roller coaster, or yo-yo dieting for most of your life, it's time to try something new. And if you're somebody who's considering for the first time doing a clean eating plan, I want you to heed the warning and understand what I did not understand when I first started to do that, that your intention to be healthy can unintentionally lead you to become so unhealthy if you follow plans that are too restrictive, okay? So it's about moderation. It's about inclusivity. Get rid of the good or bad language. Get rid of the beliefs of what's healthy or unhealthy. Everything can be included in a way that's healthy for your body. Begin to listen to how you feel when you eat things. Begin to listen to how you feel when you really honor the messages of your body and use that to help you decide how much of a plan is going to work for you and what healthy looks like for you. Thanks for tuning in to the Empowered Eating and Living podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to follow the show so you don't miss future ones. And if you loved it, then please leave a five-star review so that we can share the love with others who may benefit from listening too. 